0: Today on Ag News
1: Daily. And I always thought, you know, I'd like to buy a side of beef from a farmer even well before this, but I never knew how to do it. And I'm like, well, these farmers are are hurting. Now would be the time
0: afternoon ladies and gentlemen it's another ag news daily episode here on this thursday afternoon it's ashton carr joined by delaney howell and delaney i've got to say it's been a fast week it's been a great week but we're rounding out the week in lubbock a little i guess on the good side if you are wanting rain because we're expected to see some cold weather and showers tomorrow oh okay and is that normal for this time of year um, I would say we get the majority of our rain in the spring, early summer. Um, I guess it's not really out of the norm. It doesn't come as a major shock or anything like that, but mm-hmm. we've been seeing, I I wouldn't say record high temperatures or anything like that, but compared to this time last year, it was really, really cold here in the panhandle and not so much this year.
2: I'm hoping for a, just a mild winter this year as well here in Central Iowa Ashton, but I don't think we're going to get that. Have you all seen any more snow this week? No, I suppose I should be thankful because knock on wood, we haven't gotten any more snow, but uh, temperatures are really cooling off here. And I think a lot of other parts around the country.
0: Well, I am excited for some cooler weather. I like being able to wear my jackets all day long and not just in the morning and then having to switch to a short sleeve shirt in the afternoon so i gotta say i'm a little bit excited about that and another thing that i was not so excited to hear about today is the concern about the red meat demand as covid is starting to really spike up and as we are going into the holiday season Mike Zuzolo, the president of Global Commodity Analytics, says the spike in COVID-19 cases could not come at a worse time for livestock producers, due in part to the holidays being right around the corner. He suggests that fewer family gatherings could occur as people try to slow the spread of the coronavirus. However, he says that the report that Pfizer might be close to finalizing a COVID 19 vaccine could not come at a better time to help alleviate concerns. And he was quoted as saying, and we see that in the cattle market. I think that's why this supportive news for the corn and For the soy meal from USDA's report may not have as big a negative impact on the livestock industry through the spreading of the fears and the corn and the fat and the corn and the hogs and the meal. So it's kind of a... On one hand, and then the other situation, on one hand, we're a little bit nervous that red meat demand is going to slow this holiday season. But on the other hand, the news that this Pfizer vaccine could be coming in the near future, it's kind of two different ways to look at it, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I think there's always folks on either side of an issue. But, Ashley, I'm glad you brought up our meat supply because I have a story here as well coming to us from JBS. We've seen JBS's CEO put out a couple statements on Thursday today, citing that they anticipate cattle supplies looking very healthy and beef demand is strong there in Brazil. But he said that they are going to be having some challenging times amid fewer animals on offer for slaughter and higher prices. He said U.S. beef Demand is strong and exports are buoyed by China's demand, but uh, they're continuously watching to see if indeed they're going to shut down again because of COVID-19. He said they've got an increase in COVID-19 cases in communities where JBS South America operates, and they are on, quote, maximum alert right now to safeguard workers across their various plants. They are, of course, the world's largest protein processing facility, processing company, I should say. And so if we did see them shut down again, there's really the potential that we will see that reverberate throughout our supply chain. And so I think the hope is we don't see them shut down. They put measures in place, hopefully during our first lockdown to make sure that that doesn't happen. But that is kind of the concern right now that folks are starting to talk about is that we could see our... Protein processors shut down once again.
0: Speaking of South America, Delaney, I have a story coming from Argentina. Authorities in Argentina said earlier today that they have been informed about an alleged finding by China of traces of COVID-19 on the external packaging of a shipment of the South American country's beef. China, of course, is the main buyer of beef from Argentina's ranchers. And in the first nine months of the year, sent almost three quarters of the 645,000 tons exported by Argentina to China. The Argentine government food safety body said it requested, quote, information on the alleged finding be expanded because it was not made by Chinese customs in the entry of merchandise, but in a cold storage where it had been transferred before its final distribution. And although this was an alleged finding, the Argentine government says that they are still going to run a report in the country no matter the case. All right. Well, Ashen,
2: I, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about South America, not only uh, on that note, but also on their continued wet, excuse me, not wet weather, dry weather. And they are expected to get some timely rains, as we've discussed earlier on the podcast this week. But the other place that really could use some timely rains right now is Wheat Country. Uh, the USDA put out Basically, for the week ending November 10th, their drought monitor and showed that winter wheat areas exposed to drought conditions dropped 37 percent down from a 41 percent the previous week, but still in some severe drought areas and really needing some rainfall in some of those key areas.
0: Well, Delaney, I just have one more news story to share before we get into our market conversation for today, and it's talking about President-elect Joe Biden. As we continue to watch the election, because it's really not set in stone just yet, Joe Biden has announced his USDA transition team, though. It's led by Robert Bonney, who served as Undersecretary for Natural Resources and Environment at the USDA during the Obama administration. And the transition team also includes University of Illinois Agriculture Economist Jonathan Kopis, a former FSA administrator, also during the Obama administration. And the list goes on on folks who are on the transition team, which is focused on building infrastructure and planning for the next administration, which is looking to be like it is the Joe Biden administration. But I will go ahead and put the full list on our newsletter, which is set to come out tomorrow morning. Fantastic. Can't wait to see that, Ashton. Well, Delaney, like I said, that was my last news story this Thursday afternoon. I have just one other
2: story. I should have uh, mentioned this earlier when we were talking about meat concerns to the supply chain. But the U.S. Meat Export Federation is actually expecting a record year this year for beef and pork exports into 2021, even though China is rebuilding their hog herd U.S. meat President and CEO Dan Holstrom on Wednesday said that some countries are consuming beef and pork at pre-COVID-19 levels and that pork exports this year will reach 2.99 million metric tons, up 19% from 2019. Beef exports are also expected to be quite robust and are expected to be up about 5% percent compared to this year so 2021 sounds like it's going to be a year that folks are ready to enjoy some protein
0: i sure hope so delaney and as i was talking about earlier with the holiday season coming up we don't typically think of anything but turkey but i know a lot of folks eat ham or prime rib and going into this holiday season hoping that the demand doesn't suffer as much as it's anticipated to
2: Absolutely. I'm sure folks will get out there and eat some good chickens and turkeys and hopefully a lot of beef here coming up with the holiday season. Absolutely, Delaney. But what do you say we go ahead and get into the markets for today? Let's do that, Ashton. And pulling up my markets for today, I've got to admit, I wasn't watching them quite as closely as I was earlier in the week. But we're really starting to see the markets kind of shrug off the news from this week's Very friendly report, seeing them adjust back to more realistic levels. And that was certainly the case when we looked in the grain markets for today. Starting off here in the December corn contract, down nine cents to close at 408 and a quarter, the March down eight and three quarters to close at 418 and a quarter. In the soybean pits, the November contract down six and a quarter cent to close at 1137. The January down seven to close at 1145 and a half. Chicago wheat pits also pulled back as the December contract down nine and three quarters cent to close at 588. The March down eight and three quarters to close at 597 and a quarter. Hopping over into our live stock markets mixed trade today yet again for the third session as live cattle and feeder cattle seem to be trading in opposite directions the december live cattle contract down 42 and a half cents to close at 111.97 the february down 47 and a half to close at 114.80 in feeder cattle pits a little bit of a mixed trade here as well as the november shed at 52 and a half cents to close at 140.07 the, the january up 52 and a half to close at 140.72 and a half lean hogs higher on the day adding a dollar in the december contract to close 65.80, the February up 32.5 cents to close at 66.72 and half, and running out our markets with the class three dairy milk futures. November down 13 today to close at 23.37, the December down 46 to close at 18.46. Now, Ashton, let's turn it over without further ado to our conversation with Ray Ann
0: Cher. Today on the podcast, we have Ray Ann Shear, who is with Farm Direct Wisconsin. Ray Ann, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, why don't you explain what Farm Direct Wisconsin is? I am a little familiar with it just from looking at your guys' website, but go ahead and explain to our listeners from a 10,000 foot view what you guys are doing at Farm Direct.
1: At Farm Direct Wisconsin, we are connecting farmers directly to consumers here in the state of Wisconsin. So um, the page is on Facebook and it is set up so the farmer can make a post with where they are and what they're selling. And then the consumers can either comment or private message the farmer to buy directly from them. So we're cutting out any middlemen and just helping people move their product to willing consumers.
2: And Rayanne, looking at your Facebook page, I haven't joined it yet, but uh, 57,000 members is what I'm seeing here in this private group. That's a huge number of folks that are obviously interested in either selling or buying local products. Tell us a little bit more about the development of this group. How long have you guys been around and how did you go about getting 57,000 Facebook members?
1: So here's the crazy part. This has only been a Facebook group since April 23rd. Wow. When COVID, well, let me back up just a little bit. I have a nephew that's a dairy farmer. Um, He lives about three and a half hours from me, so I don't see him a whole lot. And then I have a good friend that's a dairy farmer on the other side of the state. And they have always told me about their struggles with being a dairy farmer in Wisconsin. And my nephew was talking about how he... He's considering getting rid of the, their cows and just going to grain farming. And then COVID hit, and I started seeing how all these places had to dump milk and they had to cull their animals because they had no place to, to take them since the processing plant shut down. Or, And this was right at the very, very beginning before the shortages really started to happen. And I always thought, you know, I'd like to buy a side of beef from a farmer even well before this but I never knew how to do it. And I'm like, well, if these farmers are are hurting. Now would be the time. And anytime I had ever asked anybody that I had heard of that bought some beef directly from a farmer, I'd always say, how'd you do that? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I went in with so-and-so. They, they got it and I split it with them. So I really didn't know how to go about doing it. So I decided, well, if I start a Facebook group, I'm sure there's other people out there that are wondering the same thing. And I'm sure somebody will join and point me in the right direction and I can get my beef and, and move on. Little did I know that in um, about a month and a half, I would have 50,000 members on, on the page. And like you said, we have now fifty over 57,000 members and 450 vendors. So the requirement to be on the page is you must sell a Wisconsin uh, finished agricultural product. So I don't want, you know, I don't have a bunch of uh, jewelry sellers and and a bunch of weird stuff like that. It has to support Wisconsin agriculture in one way or another. So um, raw milk, unfortunately, is illegal to sell in Wisconsin. So Unfortunately, we weren't able to help out the dairy farmers a whole ton, but we were absolutely able to help out beef farmers, uh, pork farmers, chicken farmers, turkey, eggs, um, maple syrup, honey, uh, alpaca wool. (laughs) Um, I'm just trying to think of what else is kind of strange. We do have some people that make on their farm goats, milk, soap, and things like that. and a a couple bakeries that use um, things that they grow themselves in their products. But it has to support Wisconsin agriculture to be able to be on the page. And we've set it up that um, the farmers or the – I call them vendors because we have more than just farmers now. The vendors post their post of what they're selling, and then the consumer searches them out. By the Facebook page, I don't really allow in search of posts, because we're getting about 15 posts per day. And by just having everybody post in search of beef near me, uh, would just plug up the feed and nobody would be able to find anything.
0: So Ryan, what does your background in agriculture look like? You are working with so many folks who are involved in the agriculture industry whether they're, you know, farming or ranching. What does your background look like and how do you connect to those producers?
1: I have zero farming or agriculture experience before this. Absolutely zero. And I really didn't have any Outside of using computers for work and things like that, I really didn't have any any Facebook groups or anything like this. So this was learn as you go. And I have learned the farmers that are on this page have been fantastic and they have helped out not only myself, but people that have questions in the very beginning. If you go to the very beginning of the of the group or if you search certain words, you actually find a ton of information about how buying from farmers works, um, just all any kind of information that you can think of. And everybody has been really, really great at helping, helping the consumers out because let's face it, we have been so far removed from the farm in the last 50 years that people really have no clue where their food comes from anymore. And the farmers have been outstanding with helping helping people navigate through buying directly from them and how it works and. And um, even, you know, even just uh, produce, we have a lot of produce farmers and, or vendors and people ask, hey, is this, you know, I'm looking for this, that or the other thing. Well, in Wisconsin, that doesn't come into season until this month, you know, so there's been a huge learning curve with with people on the group as to how how farmers do their job and get the food to us on the table.
2: And you know, like you said, you've seen such a huge influx here with your Facebook page and just folks, this thing really took off. It sounds like for you, Uh, we've been talking a lot about on the podcast, Ryan, about the potential for another shutdown and what that could mean for our supply chain, especially when it comes to the protein and produce side of things. How do you think that will shift for folks that are involved in your group? If we do see that happen, are a lot of folks really backed up right now, or are they able to handle that direct to consumer need that's out there?
1: The biggest problem that we have now is a lack of producers or uh, uh, processors. We have a problem in Wisconsin, and I know Illinois has the same, and I'm assuming it'd be everywhere, that there are not enough processors for the amount of animals that need to be processed. We have farmers that say, well, we could definitely grow some more animals for you, but we got no place to take them in. Most processors in the state of Wisconsin are backed up a minimum of nine months to a year or longer, so that 's the biggest problem that we have um, there's there's plenty of animals out there there 's just not enough places to take them to get to get processed uh, so if we do start seeing shutdowns, especially at the large processing plants again we we could end up the same as we did back in the spring where um People were having trouble finding certain cuts, so the biggest thing I can say is talk to your kids about becoming a butcher it's It's one of the it's another one of those things that have again we've gotten away from with our uh, moving away from from the farming industry as a whole and people sending their kids to college. This would be this becoming a butcher is something that is uh, a great job that could provide for your family that people just don't even think about anymore,
0: so Ryan, this idea was really sparked at the beginning of the covid nineteen pandemic, and if we weren't in the situation that we are in right now with covid nineteen, do you think that this group would have grown as quickly and as much as it did if if we weren't in the middle of a
1: pandemic? So funny you should ask, in in kind of the beginning, I actually had a farmer ask on the page, where were all you people a couple of months ago? And where are you going to be in six months from now or nine months from now or a year from now? And I kind of put a lengthy reply to that or post of my own. I said, I didn't know. I had no idea. And I think that a lot of the people on this page had no idea. And that's why this page was so great because it did connect people and it did teach people and people are finding out that they can support their neighbors. They can support the farms in our communities um, easily and know where their food is coming from. I don't think that this probably would have spread quite as quickly if we weren't going through COVID, but I think that there was definitely um, a need out there even without COVID for people um, people wanting to help out but not knowing how to do it just like myself and nobody taking the initiative to find out or put it on a platform. And now that it's there, I have people all the time telling me I'm never going back to the grocery store. I now buy all of my stuff that I possibly can directly off of this page. Or I've I've gone out and searched out some farms near me to be able to buy stuff because I had no idea how to do it or where to do it. So I do think that COVID helped um, push this page to where it is, but I think it's here for the long haul.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Rayanne. And I think that is a nice segue into my final question for you. You've had such great success working with folks in Wisconsin. Is there any plans to expand into any other states
1: there is a farm direct Minnesota. So right after we started, um, one of a young lady um, noticed my page and she said, I love this. Do you mind if I go ahead and start for Minnesota? And so her and I have worked together and her page um, is very similar to mine. Um, I I work a full-time job, actually technically two of them. And I had finally gone back to work about um, a month, about a month ago now. And I don't have time. This this page, just this page, because I'm pretty much the only administrator, takes me hours a week the way that it is. I don't think I'd be able to support another page.
2: Well, maybe there is somebody out there listening that. Would be interested in working with you to start it for their own state. So, Rand, before we let you go, if folks have questions about Wisconsin Farm Director or want to maybe potentially start it in their own state, how can they reach out to you and find out more information?
1: Well, we have the Facebook group, so you can PM me right on there. Or if you make a post, I review every post before it goes on the page. So if you you make a post, I'll PM you. Or you can email me at farmdirectwisconsin at gmail.com. And I don't know if you guys had noticed that, but there is a farmdirectwisconsin.com also, which all, the, well, not, I can't say all the vendors. We have over 450 vendors on pinned on the map. It's an interactive map that you can search or you can click on the pins and it brings up the farm and all the farm information on it.
2: Fantastic. Well, Ann, thank you again for coming on the podcast today and really awesome stuff. Congrats on the hard work and the payoff so
1: far. All right. Thanks a lot.
0: Thanks again to Ann from Farm Direct Wisconsin for coming on and talking to us. I think now more than ever, it is so important to try to connect producer to consumer especially since so many consumers are looking to go directly to producers really because of the COVID-19 pandemic
2: yeah absolutely I've seen a lot of folks shifting gears and I think that that is going to especially we do face
0: protein shortages going to be a trend of the future Ashton Certainly is, Delaney. And we are always covering trends in the agriculture industry, which you can keep up with on the Ag News Daily website at agnewsdaily.com. And be sure to follow us on social media while you're at it at Ag News Daily. With that, Delaney, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.